This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It is my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging, and my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a journey, not a destination. I'm Sandy Scarlatta, America's happiness coach, author of Happiness Solved. I'm a retired U.S. national and international figure skating coach, a gold medalist in ice dancing. I've been a certified life coach since 2004, and I have been inspiring others to shift their mindset and choose happiness for over 20 years. As we approach the holiday season, please make sure you take the time to take care of the most important person in your life, you. If you find yourself feeling negative, stressed, overwhelmed, or any other negative emotion, stop and take some really deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. Then I want you to think about everything you have to be grateful for. You can use this exercise to start your day and to reset your day at any moment. Thank you so much for listening, and I am so grateful for you. Brett Lockett, I am so excited to be speaking with you today. Thank you so much for taking the time, and I am so grateful for you. Are you kidding me? I've been I've been holding my breath all week to come on here and speak to you. There is so much that I'm interested in, and I can't wait to learn more about you. But um, thanks for having me. This is fantastic. Oh my gosh, I'm so flattered. You have no idea. You have no idea. So we have a lot to talk about. And I get so excited speaking with professional athletes because you said you did your homework on me. Um, as a retired um, U.S. national and international figure skating coach, you know, I know what it takes to become an elite athlete. Um, however, like you took it to a whole nother degree, right? So from high school, you know, good, amazing high school player, obviously, because then you went on to, to be, you know, a successful defensive back for the, uh, from UCLA. Oh, I hope I didn't just mess that one up. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, straight into UCLA. Yeah. Yeah, UCLA. I know. I was like, I have my notes here, but I, but I, I, I do little bullet points. But then you went on to get drafted, and you played with the the New York Patriots or the, the New England Patriots, and then the New York Jets. Like that's incredible. That is incredible. And as you know, no matter how talented an athlete is, right? Because there's, you've got natural athletes, Tiger Woods, you know, um, Michael Jordan. But even though they were so talented, they still had to have that mindset to get them to that level. What do you think the driving force was for you that was behind your successful football career? It's such a great and unique question. And I feel like everybody wants to know the secret sauce, right? It's like, <laughs> what was it for you, right? Was it a little bit of salt, a little bit of oregano? Like, what was it, right? And, you know, when I look back in my life and I look back at, you know, and I, and I kind of look at where I am today, a lot of 
what drove me was the need to be enough, um, the need to be enough for myself. And part of that was to prove other people that I was enough, right? And the whole time it was like, I felt like I was the underdog proving it to other people that I was enough. I could do it. I can, you know, I, I, I could get to where I wanted to get to. But really, you know, when I look at it now, it was really this fight against myself proving that I could get to where it was that I wanted to be. And, wow. and I feel like most people are fighting the battle of, am I enough to be, to have, to do whatever it is that we're out here trying to do, right? And um, it almost took me, I mean, I, I just had my 36th birthday and it almost took me, you know, I'd say like 10 years to really get that after playing football. You know, it was like, oh, I had this insatiable appetite to win. And, you know, I did have all these kind of, you know, innate qualities, you know, just to be a leader. I think everybody a leader, certain people are part of the um, I think they, you know, there's just genetics in their, in their code that allow them to go out and, and, and be the leader and, and be a cover and always kind of innate in me. But I, I had this lead as a kid. Um, really starting in like sixth grade and it went all the way into, into college. And, um, you know, when you are constantly trying to fit into society um, and you have this, this urge to knowing you, 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 you want more and knowing you can give more and be, look, I'm better than you kind of thing. And that was, that was sports for me. It was, it was, it was always sports and, and, you know, and it ended up being football for me. Wow. I mean, I think that most people can definitely relate to that. Because I know I never felt like I fit in in the world as a kid. And, you know, maybe it was because, you know, my brother died when I was 12 years old, two weeks before my 13th birthday, and nobody really talked about it. You know, like I remember it wasn't even until like last year when I was promoting my book when it came out. And um, it dawned on me that like nowadays, if, if a child has that experience when you go back to school, the guidance counselors pull you in, the teachers, you know, what, what can we do? How can we support you? Like when I went back to school, nobody said a word. To me. And it didn't, I mean, I didn't, you don't know what you don't know. So it never, it never bothered me, but I, but I, I have to question and, and ask myself, you know, is that why? I mean, I'm not like that today, but, but for many, many years, I was like that where I just didn't feel, and I just felt so different from other people. And, um, and yeah, that, that, you know, for me, you know, you, you said, you, you know, talked about not being enough for me. It was really, um, not feel, not feeling like I belonged and I was constantly comp comparing myself to other people, you know, and wanting to be like others. And, yeah. But, uh, that's really, that's really. Yeah. That's, that's, that's part of the, yeah, that's part of the. The difficulty I know, you know, this 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 is happiness solved, and and part of finding happiness is is understanding that you are here, that you're not in a certain group or you know, part of a certain uh, class or what mean that you don't belong, right? The the I think the rub that you know we everybody wants to be you know, right and that's why i think a lot of us 
somewhat envy. And I know at times I do, you know, I envy certain people that can just be them. Like that so authentically them. Um, in you just went and I was like, I wish I can think that a little bit more, right? And not care what the next person to the right or left of me, you know, thought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a friend of mine yeah. said to me back in the early 90s, she said, she was like, Sandy, what other people think of you is none of your business. And that is something that yeah. has, it, it resonated so deeply with me. And, and, you know, our mind is always going to be, you know, it's that fight or flight that our mind goes to places you don't want it to go to. And, and, and if that ever comes up, I think of that right away and it helps me to, you know, instantly snap out of it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's a great, that's a great, uh, yeah. So after NFL, oh, and, and I, you know, I was doing a lot of research on you and it looked like you were injured. Is that, is that what ended your NFL career? It was an injury. And, and if so, what was that? Because I, I couldn't even find that. Yeah. Your... So, so I guess if I can explain a little bit about how football, the dynamics of, of the business of football. So um, football is the only sport that doesn't have a guaranteed contract. So it doesn't matter if, you know, the, the team signs you for three years or four years, they can cut you at any point. Right. And so um, it, it's it's very unstable. And so for me, I was injured two, uh, three years in a row, um, tore my growing my first year, second year, I tore my pec, and then my third year, I tore my growing again. Um, and so I didn't play for three years. And then I went on a men's mission of trying to get back to the NFL, which was um, a whole kind of uh, pursuit in itself. Right? <laughs> Talk about the pursuit of happiness. That was like the pursuit of, of, of everything in my life, right? That, I think that that was like that defined my 20s, if you will. Um, yeah. But I ended up getting back to the NFL yeah. and signing with the Jets, but uh, I did not um, I did not make the team. So they let me go right, right during training camp, right after um, middle of preseason. I've gone for a year and a half without really making any money and still paying for, you know, training and food and all of these expenses that, you know, an athlete needs to, to play at that level. And I was just like, you know what, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do this for another year. One and two, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to make it another year of doing yeah. this. So at that point, you know, I, for me, it was, you know, Brett, did you, did you prove to yourself that, that you, or did you prove to yourself the things you wanted to prove um, you know, while you were in the NFL. And for me, it was like, yes, I did to myself. Could I have taken it a bit further? I could have, but, um, you know, at that point, once you've been hurt that many times and, you know, your body's aching and it's time to hang it up, you know? And for me, I felt it was time to go on to the next thing. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is it's, it's the toughest, one of the toughest sports, especially when you're a defensive back and you're out there tackling people. I mean, that's just so hard on your body. So it, it is, yeah. it is. Um, I don't know how the, how the heck I did it for that long, but I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how did your success as an NFL player help you translate into the business world? Because I see you've been a serial entrepreneur. You've, you've got so many things going in your life. How has that success helped you translate? Because I know I have a lot of entrepreneurs and business leaders that, that listen to the, to the podcast. And I like to, you know, the mindset as an athlete is translates into everything in your life. So how do you yeah. think that helped you 
with your success as a business and business owner and entrepreneur? It's, it's almost twofold because when you say success, I think there's a, there's a part of success that's, that's just pure stupidity. Uh, and when I say that, I mean, the fact that, you know, I, I can jump in, I feel like I, I can jump into anything because I've been successful at such a high level in, in, in sports. Right. And so part of that was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I have an interest in business. I have an interest in doing some things outside of playing football. And so I started pursuing those while I was playing and, you know, I, I would, you know, I invested in some companies as an angel investor and uh, companies didn't do so well. <laughs> and so you learn very quickly. You're like, ah, okay. So it's not as easy as you think, right? Just because you're successful in football um, doesn't necessarily mean you'll be successful in other things. And I think when you look at, you know, specifically people who have had success in, um, in, in other arenas and they're starting something new, the reason why they usually don't have success in the new venture is because they're not willing to start from ground zero. So they're not willing to go through the same struggles and, and things of that sort that they did the first time around. And for me, I looked at it as, Brett, you know nothing about business. You played sports your entire life um, and you have to go out and do the exact same thing that you did when you said you wanted to become the best football player. Get the same information, um, get, uh, go through the same training, um, and the same understanding of, of playing game, right, at the highest level possible. And so that's exactly what I did, you know. Went back to school, ended up, you know, becoming a financial advisor. Um, I ended up, you know, starting my MBA. I didn't finish that because I, I felt like it wasn't it for me. But you know, went through all of the different educations and, and licensing and all of these things to be able to say that I can this, but most importantly, I understand these things from a very high level. And then I coupled that with the athleticism of the athlete of being able to push through and be an entrepreneur because being an entrepreneur is the most difficult thing that you can ever do in life. I don't care um, what, what you've done before. Military, I do not care. Entrepreneurship is extremely difficult because one day you wake up and you're on top of the world. The next day you wake up, it's like you know, you're, someone just slapped you across the face and you got to figure it out. And there's 20 million things going on. You have to deal with employees. You have to deal with clients. You have to deal with infrastructure. You have to deal with personalities. And, and you still have to be able to lead to come out on top. And that's why I feel like so many athletes and as well as military veterans do well in business because it's the element of uncertainty that we all are um, used to dealing with because we've been doing it for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was kind of giggling when you were saying that because I started an IT recruiting company and was hugely successful. And back in 2001, the dot-com industry, you, you were, you were in high school at that time, I believe, <laughs> or maybe just getting out of high school. Um, but the whole dot-com industry just exploded and blew up and everything was gone and thousands of companies went out of business and layoffs and all of that. And my business, you know, I was able to hold on to it for about a year and then ended up just closing up shop. But it's interesting that you talked about, you know, getting the education because I never finished my college degree. And when I ended up finishing it um, just a few years ago, 
I learned so much that I thought, wow, I wish I knew this when I had my company because because I got a, I got my bachelor's in business management and I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I knew this. And again, for me, I call it like I'm overly confident. Yeah. Especially when it comes to athletics. I like like I, I'm obsessed with playing tennis. I mean, you would you would think that I'm out there training for Wimbledon because, you know, <laughs> I just have this confidence that's you know. Um, but but I think that that's in my business too. Like I'm very confident and uh, mm -hmm. yeah. It, it, confidence is something that you cannot buy, um, but it's something yeah. that will benefit you in every element of your life. If you're confident oh. and, and, and it's, it's the confidence of, of confident, meaning you're confident in who you are to be able to solve the challenge. It's not confidence as an ego where right. someone's telling you, hey, this isn't right. And you're like, oh, I know what I'm doing, right? Like, no, no, no. Confidence is the ability in yourself to be able to accomplish what it is that you want to do. Yeah, exactly. And I just um, interviewed somebody last week. The episode won't be released for a little bit, but um, the whole, we had a whole conversation on confidence and he believes that confidence is a skill that you can learn. And I know I, <laughs> I do work with some elite athletes as their sports psychology coach and that's one of the things that I have to really work with some of these kids with um, is, is helping them boost their confidence in, 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 their, in their athletics. There, there's nothing more important, especially, especially as an athlete, because it's such an immediate feedback loop that if you're right. not confident, it's seen immediately. And it can, it can be the, the difference between you, you know, winning a game or not. And so as an athlete, you, you see that feedback loop extremely quickly compared to other things where in a business, it, it'll take a while for the business to fail. It may take a, you know, a couple months or whatnot, but as a, as a, as an athlete, you see that instantaneously, you know, first play of the game. If you're not confident and the other opponent knows that, oh, good luck. <laughs> good luck. Exactly. So I want to ask you a question sure. that I love to ask. I don't ask it to everybody, but I love to ask this and I feel like I have to ask you, what advice would you give your younger self? Such a good one. Um, and I, I, I feel like it changes, you know, the, from day to day. It's like, you know, um, I think the biggest thing for me is just not to worry, not to, not to, to worry about anything. Um, not the small things, not the big things to, Understand that you're you for you for, for, for whatever reason. And, and the greatest thing that um, you have is the ability to be you. No one else can do that. No one else can, 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 can be you. And I think, you know, so many times, especially when you're younger, you want to be like someone else. And um, I would tell myself, my younger self, to be like you. Um, and you're capable um, in every single way to do whatever it is that you want, as long as you believe um, and you just you you lead with with love and you you put fear in the, you know in the rear yeah that's yeah. great advice that's really really great advice yeah, thank you now we're going to talk i want to talk about your nonprofit that we discussed before we started recording but first mm -hmm. for any listeners out there that are considering becoming an entrepreneur, entrepreneur. starting a business what advice would you give them so many things, so many things. The I guess the number one thing I would narrow it down to is to make sure that you have a business plan. Um, mm -hmm. the, the biggest, I think the biggest um, 
error or mistake I see with a lot of entrepreneurs is they start something without having the idea and the plan fully fleshed out. And what happens is you jump into spending a bunch of money and realize that you need to go back to the drawing board, right? And so it's like you start the LLC, you open bank accounts, you get logos designed, you build the website, and then you launch and you don't even have any customers. And you're like, well, why, why is this not working? And it's like, well, you didn't even figure out if your product or service was the right service to begin with. And now you're trying to build it and we have to go back to square one. And so you just spent, you know, five to $10,000, maybe even more, depending on the, the, the business or the product. And now we got to go back to square one. So now we just wasted time and we wasted money, which are two of the most important things that you're not going to be able to get back. Right. So yeah. making sure that you really have a thorough business plan um, and making sure that you have some real customers. I tell people all the time, Hey, you don't need to start an LLC. If this is, you know, a side hustle or something that you're just trying to get off the ground, find two or three clients, right? If your product is, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month, two or three clients is a good place to start. If you're selling, t-shirts or you know something a bit smaller well you're gonna need a lot more clients than that right but you know I, I always kind of call myself the why coach because I always ask why do we why do you want to do this right is yes. it is it to make some extra income to pay the mortgage is it to actually build another business so you can step away from your nine to five why are we doing this and then when we figure out why we're doing this how much money do we really realistically want to make because if you're telling me you want to make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year um, versus a million dollars a year there's going to be a big gap depending on the things yes. that we need to sacrifice and do to be able to make that amount of money but why why do you need two hundred fifty thousand dollars well i want to do x y and z this is the lifestyle i want okay great now that we know the why we can now build out the plan but if you're trying to build out a million dollar business but you don't have a why, what's going to happen is you're going to fizzle out once you realize how much is required to be able to have and, and create a million dollar business. It's, it's not, it's very difficult. Very, very difficult. And it's very difficult to keep your momentum going. Exactly. Which is the last thing that you want to ever lose in business is momentum. Oh yeah. Or life. Sure. Or, life. <laughs> or life. Or life. So it was really interesting before we started recording and you were telling me about the nonprofit that you're now sitting on the board. And it's so funny because we have so many synchronicities uh -huh. and, and, and uh, um, so you're on the board of Slay Legal Aid, which is legal services for families um, and individuals needing legal services. And I think that's incredible because that's a big problem for many, many, many people. It, it, it's, it's a huge problem. Um, and yeah. I know it firsthand. My mother worked in um, worked for the LA Children's Court for about forty years. Oh, um, wow. she, she was a social worker before that, and um, she also had a stint at the child abuse hotline. And um, I remember when we she she worked there for about eight months and um, ended up leaving because we you know I was young. I have a younger brother and sister, and we were all you know pretty young at the time, so it was just a lot for her. And I remember we were cleaning out our office and I found a stack of papers, you know, about this big. And each one of them were cases from different um, children uh, who had been put into the system. And I'm not going to repeat some of the things that I read, but I, I couldn't, I was astonished as to what was happening to, to children. Um, and then, you know, fast forward as she gets into, you know, working at the LA Children's Court, you see all of these children that are just coming in and out that don't have the proper representation that are going in and out of foster care. Um, and then they have to figure out how to become an adult in a world that, 
you know, for, for you and I, it seems a bit easier than someone like that. And we still have our struggles, right? So I can't imagine not having family and friends in the right support systems to be able to go out um, and, and succeed in life. So um, this was kind of near and dear to my heart. And um, Rebecca Zung, who's a, uh, a fantastic attorney and um, the number one narcissist coach out there, um, decided that, you know, it's time for her to, to, to take this fight to, um, you know, to, to the people who matter most and those are the ones who, who can't protect themselves. I love that because there's there's just so many people that need assistance, you know, on both sides of the of the of the card, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, people who, you know, may have, you know, been stupid, <laughs> you know, everybody makes mistakes. I believe everybody deserves a second chance in life, you know. And uh but but yeah, there's just so many people that that it needed. So um, so I know she's just getting it going. Do you have a website built out yet or is that stay tuned? I believe we have a website built out. I, th I think you can go to Rebecca Zung, Z-U-N-G, uh, Rebecca um, with two C's. And mm -hmm. I believe that the foundation should be on her website as well. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes and then people mm -hmm. can, can find it there. That's great. So we're almost out of time. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience that you haven't talked about today so far? Oh gosh, I mean, what what uh, what flavor do you want? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's lots I can share. Um, any particular subject? Happiness, maybe. What, what, what are we talking? Sure. About? Yeah. Sure. What do you What do you do for happiness? You know, what's your what's your uh, go to to help you get back to that place oh gosh for me it's meditation it is it is 100 meditation um yep. if there's anything that i need to solve or i'm feeling or an emotion i'm trying to work through i will go and i will meditate and i usually either get the answer or i come out feeling better and i'll find the answer a little bit later um, oh yeah but meditation for me is is has been a huge component to my wellness and 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 just my state of happiness. Because I when I say state of happiness, uh, you know, happiness is a state. Um, joy is a state. Um, you know, happiness is an emotion, and we feel all sorts of emotions. And you know, I'm very big into Buddhism and um, and just understanding that, you know, we all we all choose suffering right in some form and, right. and and for me you know i choose not to suffer right even though you know certain certain life throws things at you and it's just a it's a evolution of life it's it's a part of life and when you understand that things start to become a lot a lot easier for you to be able to grasp i think a lot of people hold on to expectations and when things don't go the, the way that they go it's like well it's my fault. I failed. And there, there is no failure because everything that happens in life is a part of the evolution of life, not for you, but for humanity. Right. Very well said. Yes. When you understand yes. that, you know, and you understand that life happens for you, you start to let go of the grasps of, of wanting to control, control things. And you start becoming um, a part of, of the flow of life. Right. Um, you know, I sit on the on the on the board for the Flow Research Collective, which is the largest, um, I would say, collective of, of peak performance research um, over years and years, which is started by 
Stephen Collar, my good friend, who's nine times the best-selling author, and you know um, Andrew Andrew Huberman is a is a uh, one of our you know neuroscientists on the platform, and um, you know we talk about flow, we talk about you know all of the the science behind flow, but what about the spirituality behind flow, behind letting life flow for you and 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 letting go and and welcoming it, right? Waking up and saying, I wonder what great things are going to happen for me today. Right. As opposed to waking up and it's like, oh, another day. <laughs> Who's emailing me today? What am I going to have to clean up? You know? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I mean, happiness is a journey. It's not a destination. And I love that you said, you know, realizing that things happen for you. They don't happen to you. They happen for you. Yeah. And that is such, it, when people can get that, and I know that if for anybody out there listening, if you're going through something really tragic and horrible, first of all, I am so sorry that you're going through that. However, you know, things will pass and they will always get easier. Yeah. And you, if you allow them to flow. You allow them to flow and understand that life keeps giving you lessons that you're supposed to learn. Yeah. And until you master those lessons, life's going to keep giving you the same lesson. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. It's like, oh my gosh, I've been dealing with this for years. And it's like, well, why, why haven't you fixed it yet? Um, <laughs> and it, it's, it's, it truly is, you know, life is magical. And when you really understand that and you start to welcome the, the magic in life, because, you know, we talk about, you know, the power of manifestation and the power of creation and all of these things that our mind can do. And um, when you really come down to it, it's magical, you know? And, yeah. And so it's like, well, why are we allowing ourselves to be magical? Why are we, why are we holding ourselves down or anchoring ourselves down? Like we're, you know, we're stuck to the ground when we can really fly as high as the birds. It just starts, it all starts here in the mind. It does. And, and I learned um, just actually in the past couple of years that in order to grow, this is one of my, my quotes I say all the time, in order to grow, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. And that is the hardest place to be because it's so uncomfortable, but nothing happens in life without, you know, pushing yourself and, and, and especially when it comes to our mindset. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, 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 it seems to be uncomfortable. Yeah, it's resistance. It's it's resistance to yeah. life, and you know, fortunately for you know for athletes, we we get it because there's resistance every time you go into practice, right? You're like, That's I right. do not want to practice today. But what do you got to do? You got to got to step up and you got to perform. You got to go in the weight room. You got to push weights. There's going to be a lot of resistance, but guess what? You push harder against those weights, they start moving, right? You start growing muscle. You start getting stronger. You start getting faster, and that's when you start becoming dangerous. And that's really the whole, the whole goal here is, you know, I, I was a big person that operated on the, on the side of peak performance. And okay. I, you know, I had kind of my spiritual awakening and I walked, I, I walked the line in between both. Right. And mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things where you have to understand how to still be able to um, be human, right. Still be able to to have success in the material world, but also right. still understand why you're here and, and to be able to live through your heart. Oh, beautifully said. You have so much wisdom. Oh, thank you. This has been such an amazing conversation. And thank you for being here, for showing up, for doing everything that you do. I'm so grateful for you. And I know that the listeners are too, Brett. 
Thank you so, so much. It's my pleasure. And, and thank you for, for creating this, this beautiful platform that I can share my wisdom on. And, um, and thank you for, you know, telling your story because it is extremely powerful. And uh, I know a lot of people appreciate it. Oh, thank you. See, you're just flattering me. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you everybody for listening today. <laughs>